You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Huge selection, easy to navigate site, amazing prices. rockauto.com. Remember to write on that website and ask who sent you that it was Locked On we have some games today. We have some roster moves. Uh, we have just some baseball news. Let's talk about the Marlins. That's what we let off yesterday's show with as well. And I made a dire prediction, and hey, it's true. Uh, four more players tested positive. That is half of the Marlins roster. They are currently paused. I didn't know that the um, MLB season had a pause button, but they do. And the Marlins are paused. They're just not going to play for a time. It is going to be hard to, to make that time up in a schedule like this. I don't know what they're going to do. They're paused until at least Sunday. But I, I don't see how a team that has half of its players out is going to perform or play. The Washington Nationals voted that they weren't going to even go to Miami to play. Teams might refuse to play uh, the Marlins because of uh, fears of how badly the situation was handled. I'm not sure you could run a situation worse than Major League Baseball and the Marlins have run, but yeah, it, it's awful. So we'll have to see what occurs. Uh, it's going to be the story to watch, honestly, early on in this season uh, with what's going on and how we're going to figure out the mess that is the Miami Marlins. Uh, the game for the Phillies was canceled again today. There's some talk that they'll have some um, finagling of schedules. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's like the Phillies aren't going to get to play for a time. All of a sudden, <laughs> guys have to deal with this long break, which is not ideal either. It's just setting up the whole situation. So that NL East is, slash AL East, because they're only fanning each other, is just going to be a disaster show. And I don't know how they're going to, how it gets straightened out in a way that makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying baseball, but this season is just an out and out disaster show right now. Uh, other big news around baseball, uh, the Braves are going to soon be able to activate their top two catchers. They've been without them, which is less than ideal. More catcher news to come. The Astros placed Joe Biagnani. Uh, I know I butchered that on their injured list. And Ryan Presley also on that injured list, uh, which I, they are just a disaster show right now. So what, three pitchers on top of already being down a ton of pitchers. It's a rough year for the Houston Astros. I know everyone is feeling just so terrible for them right now out there. But it is big news because the Astros, in a lot of places, were picked to either win their division or be a, a for sure wild card team. Uh, if you didn't have the Indians in, you had the Astros and the Rays. So this uh, we have the extended postseason this year. But it's it's another big hit for an Astros team that uh, you know I was wrong. Side note: uh, they did not go with either of the arms I mentioned. They called up. Uh, Brandon Bilacki. Now this goes back to one of my favorite points you've probably heard me talk about on this podcast and I've written about. He was a draft pick out of Notre Dame. And I point this out because Notre Dame was such a crap show in development that a lot of players just made huge strides the minute they got out of there. Uh, They have a new coach. Last season was the first year. They realized something was uh, rotten in the state of Denmark. But Kevin Biggio is another name. Uh, Brandon Bilacki. Bilacka. I, you know, I'm probably butchering his name no matter what. There's about three or four other players I'm blanking on right now. But you could have done a really good job for the last 10 years just drafting Notre Dame players on day two of the draft and realizing that they just weren't coached properly. Like, that's just the, the the long and short of it. Uh, it one of their top prospects and uh, just a kind of 
had to share what was going on in Notre Dame. It was kind of one of those under-the-radar uh, stories that just always stood out to me as someone who covers the draft. We'll talk about the Indians' two games today in the second half. Honestly, as I'm recording, the second game is occurring. But let's talk about what's going on with the Indians' roster. So the Indians had to add Bo Taylor to the roster today. That is not ideal. Uh, he is a triple-A catcher. Like, that is the long and short of Bo Taylor, and I know that's the second time I've used that expression. But Taylor is not a guy that you want even as your backup. Sande Leon is now the Indian starting catcher. Again, that is not ideal either. Um, in 2018, you have six plate appearances for Bo Taylor, and then 31 in 2019 across uh, Oakland, Toronto, and then back to Oakland. Uh, there's a reason why he was you know, not someone who was stuck in the majors, even though teams are always look, looking for depth there. Uh, again, he's a triple-A guy, turns uh, th- turned 30 in February, former fifth-round pick back in the 2011 draft out of uh, UCF. Uh, 2011 draft, of course, being a, maybe the greatest of all time in, in a really strong draft in terms of the Indians. But, uh, yeah, Taylor is coming in because Roberto Perez, who had some issues in the offseason, uh, is not feeling good right now either. He's dealing with right shoulder soreness. He was not healthy at the end of last year. This has been continuing nagging issues. And that's a big deal because Roberto Perez is one of the best catchers in baseball, just defensively. And offensively, he was one of the Indians. Uh, he was a solid bat at a position where it is hard to find solid production in general. There are a lot of teams who have uh, well below average production to catcher or no production uh, at the catching position. And the drop from Perez de Leon is huge. Uh, they're going from, you know, a great, again, one of the best defenders in baseball to a good defender. And they're going from an above average bat at the catching position to a below average bat. And the backup situation is, again, a guy who, uh, if he is on your roster, you're probably looking to replace or upgrade. And the only other catcher on their roster, on that 60 man for them right now, is Bo Naylor, who is nowhere near Major League ready. So. And if you're wondering about the free agent market, top catcher in free agency for a while now has been Russell Martin. That market has been heavily picked over. There's nothing there. So if the Indians want to find a catcher, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. They could try and work out a lesser deal, some kind of small deal. But uh, this is a a big blow for the Cleveland Indians. There's no other way around it. Prez is, again, elite defender, above average bat, handles the staff really well. Uh, just brings a lot of that intangible value, as well as, as we've looked at pitch framing data through the year, stuff we used to consider intangible that now we can measure. I mean, honestly, you can't replace him. Like, there's no way to really replace what he can do for your team. So uh, it's a huge blow. Hoyt does have one option remaining. Uh, we'll see if someone claims him. I think he is, to me, he's in the same class as like Maiden and Wood. I, I don't find those overly impressive guys. Uh, we'll see if he gets claimed. Um, I don't know if he does, if he doesn't, but they had to clear that 40-man spot to add the catcher. Uh, If Hunter Wood got through, I think there's a decent chance uh, Hoyt will get through, but we'll have to see. Um, Remember, he did come from Arizona, not Arizona, from Houston. Uh, So he was a former Astro. They are in pitching need right now. They've gone through a lot of guys. I would not be shocked if Houston claimed him because they do have familiarity with Hoyt to begin with. So keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but yeah, so they had to designate Hoyt to make room for Taylor, and then to put Taylor on the roster, they had to call up, or they had to send Daniel Johnson down, 
which then sets them up with Naquin out, where I assume we're going to be seeing more of a Zimmer Luplo platoon. Um, Domingo Santana had been almost platooning with Zimmer in the, the opening week, and Domingo Santana doesn't need a platoon partner. Uh, he needs a defensive partner. You could have him hit and someone else play in the field. That's Then again, that's what we call a DH. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see what they do, but uh, Santana really doesn't need uh, a platoon partner. Uh, so if you trust in Zimmer right now, and without Naquin being available, I think it's a logical move. It makes sense with Daniel Johnson going down. Uh, in terms of other interesting stuff for the day, just in terms of what's going on, is that uh, they had Pletko start instead of Zach Plesak after Plesak had been announced as the fifth starter. But we'll get into all those games in a bit more in a moment here. Our fantastic sponsor, as I've talked about at the top of the show, is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a site you can go to that allows you to find parts and pieces for your car. It's a warehouse site, so they don't have to have a bunch of stores in places. They don't have to have a lot of staff on hand. They store the piece until you need it. You go on their website, you find it. You pay for it, and you're going to get a better price because they don't have all that overhead. They don't have all the things that your traditional store will have, which is why their you know that traditional store's prices will be much higher than on RockAuto.com. So go to RockAuto.com right now. Remember, in the "How did you hear about us?" area, right locked on. That's going to let them know that this sponsorship is worthwhile and they should continue a partnership with us. RockAuto.com in the "How did you hear about us?" locked on, and again, go check it out for yourself. You'll see that you are going to find. Fantastic prices, a huge selection, anything you need, rockauto.com. Our other fantastic sponsor, CBDMD. I think I got it right this time. We're all having some problems. It's so many letters in a row. But CBD for the oil and MD because it's there uh, as a product to help you. And I have talked about, you know, they have these two items in particular. uh, But go to their site and check them out. There is a lot of products there beyond just what we've talked about. And you can get 25% off your whole order. Free shipping, free two to three day shipping. I'm on the website right now. It is National Hemp Month. CBDMD is an official founder of that. And you can just go there and you can look. Pets, tinctures, hard shoes, uh, peanut butter, topicals, and bundles for pets. How about for you? Tinctures, gummies, topicals, capsules, sleep aids, bath bombs, bundles, and merchandise. All of those products, they're not just what we've talked about, but even more. You can go to CBDMD right now, and as I mentioned previously, you get 25% off your order. If you use CBD products, this is a great deal because, again, it's free shipping and 25% off. If you've ever wanted to try CBD products, here is your opportunity. When you go to CBDMD to get that 25% off, you're going to use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. This is a very important sponsor for us because it has a specific MLB sponsor. And when you use MLB, that shows the power of the MLB network. So go there now. If you're curious, if you've ever wanted to try CBD, go to CBDMD, promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Okay, so let's talk about today's games. As mentioned before, we had a slight pitching change. Originally supposed to be Monday, Aaron Saval, Tuesday, Zach Plesak, Wednesday, uh, Shane Bieber. But instead we had, since yesterday's day, game didn't happen, we had Aaron Saval, and the second game today is Adam Plutko. Zach Plesak being pushed till tomorrow, which then sets up Bieber to lead off the four-game series with the Twins. Um, I don't know if you want to put any extra importance early in the season, but then again, it's such a short season, I don't know. But it does set him up for facing the Twins, who are, you know, the class of the division right now, with Bieber, Clevenger, Carrasco, and Saval. That's 
you know, the best way you can probably have it set up. That's the Indians' top four arms. There's a logic to that. So let's get into the games themselves. Uh, first game, Aaron Saval versus Dylan Cease. I talked about how Dylan Cease is an exciting, unproven arm, and the Indians got to him. Uh, two and one-thirds innings, seven hits, four in runs. Didn't walk anyone, just one strikeout. Pair of home runs in this one. One to Zimmer, one to Lindor. Uh, Zimmer just continues to, you know... Uh, be a offensive force. Uh, it's nice to see that continuation from the uh, the camp games, preseason, what are we going to call this? Uh, Steve Chizik, who I talked about, came in and performed for them. Former Indian Ross Detweiler had a pretty strong performance as well uh, in terms of what Aaron Saval went. Six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts, and a home run, which he gave up to Tim Anderson. For the Indians, it was Lindor's first. It was Zimmer's first of the year. Lindor is went two for four in that one. Carlos Santana, what a game. Probably slides under the radar a bit because he goes two for two with two walks, whereas, you know, Francisco Lindor has his first home run of the year and Zimmer has his first home run in years, right? And he also goes two for four. But you got those three all powering them in, in game one. Cesar Hernandez with a strong performance as well. Everything went well for the most part. The Indians win that one 4-3. to three. Now, I have to say for the most part because of the back end of the pen. Um, you've heard me talk about my concerns with this pen, and, I mean, the 8th and ninth inning was all on display for you there. Nick Wetgren gets a ground out. Then he hits Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, Delmonico singles. Luis Robert singles. So you get the bases loaded uh, at that point in time with just the one out. You're lucky that you get the fielder's choice and then a fly out. So they don't get any across. They get the bases loaded with one out, and the Indians get out of it. Um, not pretty for Wetgren, but he is effective and gets out of the inning. I mean, then no runs is the important part, right? Not so much for uh, Brad Hand. Comes in for the save, double, strikeout, fly out, single, struck out. I know when you're looking at it, you're like, well, he only allowed the two hits, but uh, it's still the whole coming in and giving up the run in that situation with there already being concerns, at least for me with hand. Uh, it was a bumpy eighth and ninth, let's put it that way, after another strong starting pitching performance for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I don't know exactly what the Chicago White Sox are doing. Yes, uh, Del Monaco came up and had a a hit for them that allowed those bases to get loaded, but really, you're going to have him hitting... He's hitting cleanup in the second game tonight. Like, that makes no sense. Hit sixth in this one. Uh, they keep putting Yasmani Grandel on the bench. It's like, why? Why is he not playing? Why has he already, like, missed two of the five games they have played? That's... I understand in a doubleheader. It makes sense why he didn't play, but uh, it's odd. It's very odd to me, uh, just the way they're handling him. So we will have to see. I'm, I'm just kind of confused by some of the, the managerial choices by the White Sox. That gives the Indians four strong starts in a row. So let's go to the second game, which right now, while I'm recording this podcast, there is one out in the eighth inning of this one. So let's talk about what we saw in this. Jordan Luplo hitting leadoff is not what I expected, and that has not gone well. But again, that heart of the lineup, Jose Ramirez, two for four in this one. Lindor, one for four. Carlos Santana, two for three. You combine those two games, he's been the most productive hitter, though I haven't seen the least amount of tweets about him because he didn't have, I mean, he had a home run in this one, so I can't say he didn't have the big hit. 
but double by Lindor and Jose Ramirez, home run by Carlos Santana. You know, that's the, Ramirez, Lindor, Santana. That is what is going to drive them offensively this year. Uh, Domingo Santana with two walks in this one. The rest of the guy, you know, I've kind of been surprised. Uh, Yu Chen Chang, how much we've seen him early. I know he had a great camp, but I didn't think he would be playing more than Freeman or Arroyo. But we're seeing that so far. I think he is the best defender of the three, so I don't know how much that uh, filters in. But uh, Adam Pletko surprised me. Uh, six innings, two runs, five hits, zero walks, four strikeouts, two home runs given up. It's always going to be a razor's edge with him. Uh, I think if he is starting, that's not ideal. But luckily for the Indians, you know, Lindor got him on the board with the double, then Santana hit a home run. When Lindor was already Lindor was already on base, so that put him up three nothing. Then the McCann homer, Mercado brings home uh, Domingo San or no, yeah, Domingo Santana and uh, Franmil Reyes. And then in the sixth, the Jose Abreu home run. Kind of get lucky with the two home runs when you have the solo shots. Indians currently up five to two in this one. Just when you look at the box score, I talked about Carlos Rondon and being a guy who. I thought should have been the first overall pick in his draft year. I loved him coming out of NC State. Both him and Trey Turner were big-name players for the NC State program. Three and two-thirds innings, five runs on four hits, three walks, four strikeouts, and a home run. Not a great performance. Uh, Jimmy Lambert, I talked about how much I, how high I am on him as a player. He came out and uh, performed pretty well. But a doubleheader day, your first starter goes... You know, under three innings, and your second starter doesn't get to four innings. That is less than ideal. The White Sox are going to have some roster moves in the evening. Now, it's between these games where the Indians had their own roster uh, move because Daniel Johnson played in game one and then got moved out for uh, game two. You know, I, I talked about the offensive performance. We talked about Plutko. Adam Simber is, uh, he came out and did what he needed to do. Dominic Leone is right now in the game with two outs. Uh, I will be curious to see what they do in the ninth. I, I can't see them bringing Brad Hand down again. Uh, Karen Chalk pitched in game one as well. Uh, so it's, and he was the most effective of those pitchers, honestly, when you look at the numbers. Uh, I know I skipped over it, but one inning, one walk, struck out the side. That's, that's pretty good. Did take 21 pitches, so that's not ideal. But uh, it's a good performance. I, I'll be curious to see who they bring in or what they do to finish this one off. Um, it, it's again, they just don't have the arms that I'm like, who is the, the other back end arm for the Cleveland Indians at this point? You know, who is left? Who, who didn't pitch in game one that could still come out here and pitch, uh, in game two. I don't think, you know, they would have, uh, Leone be out there for multi innings. They have not done a lot with multi inning, uh, relievers in general. You knock Hoyt off the roster, Oliver Perez. I mean, there's a chance. Um, Phil Maton. I mean, that's that's pretty much your choices. One one of those two guys. Um, if we are just going back around and looking at who the White Sox have due up here in the ninth inning, we can maybe get an idea. Because, I mean, Oliver Perez is definitely a guy that was hurt by the, the rule change. The fact that if you're brought in, you have to face uh, three batters, unless it's the end of an inning, in which case you only have to face the one. Uh, I kind of paused the game to take in the eighth inning there. Pause the game. I paused the podcast to take in the eighth inning. It is now five to three in the middle of the eighth because Nikki Delmonico, after White Sox fans complained, uh, came up in the clutch again for the second time today. 
He's not playing well, but he's playing well against the Indians. Uh, gets the single. Somehow Jose Abreu scored from second base. I have no idea how that occurs. Uh, he is not a swift runner. And a single to shallow left with Abreu scoring. I blows my mind. I didn't have the video up because, uh, you know, as I'm recording here, just could see what was happening in the play-by-play. -play. Uh, that's very odd that Jose Abreu would score from second on a shallow single. But the Indians are now up 5-3. The White Sox have brought in their closer. You have Lindor, Santana, and then is it Santana again for the for the Indians? 3-4-5, uh, I believe. I know Reyes is your 5 and Santana is your 6. For the White Sox in the ninth, uh, Collins lined out. So that means you have McCann, who's a righty, uh, Robert, who's a righty, Garcia, who's a righty, and if anyone gets on base, Daniel... Uh, Mendick is a righty as well. So Oliver Perez should not be in because he excels against lefties and is pretty mediocre or not good against right-handers. Then again, Phil Maton is pretty mediocre in general. So I will be curious to see what they go and what they do here entering the ninth uh, close game, and they don't have a lot of great options. That's just the truth of it. If they pull off the win tonight, uh, that would make them... 4-1 and one on the year with a chance to win slash sweep the series. They've already won the series if they win tonight. A chance to sweep the series uh, tomorrow. Again, that's going to be Giolito versus Plesak. Uh, if I am, I'm going to change my matchup and say heavy favor to the White Sox tomorrow uh, in that matchup. If it was Beaver, I gave the Indians a slight edge. Now it's a heavy favor to the Chicago White Sox. Um, if you are someone who gambles, if you bet on that game ahead of time, man, that's got to be a, a great feel if you bet on the White Sox, a terrible feel if you bet on the Indians with that change of pitching matchups being a pretty significant change in the likely outcomes of that matchup. But we'll see. The Indians enter the, the ninth, unless they tack one on here, up by two. It's a game they should win. It is a game that should just get locked up. But the pen has been uh, anything but a sure thing this year. And I'm going to kind of leave it at that. You'll know what happens uh, when you're listening tomorrow. You'll have that opportunity to, to see and already know the score, whereas I'm trying to watch it live while make this podcast not be terrible because I'm paying attention to the box. But I have been Jeff Ellis. You have all been fantastic listeners. I did have a promise before we go. Uh, we had some listener mail, so I'm going to hit on that very quickly from Jay Kreitz2. Uh, international social housing. He wondered how much money is someone like Daniel Johnson earning now versus he was on the taxi squad. It seems like four to five days would be a year-changing event. Here is directly from MLB.com. You're not paid an MLB salary and you do not accrue service time. So they get their minor league salary, plus they get the major league allowance of $108.50 per day. Now, honestly, that's probably more than their daily minor league salary. So that is a pretty big deal. Uh, 100 bucks a day uh, at the end of the week you're making 700 dollars. that's not bad uh to be a guy whose job is just be there in case something happens uh so it, it's a big deal for these players especially if you're a minor leaguer who has not had much of a payday so far uh daniel johnson wasn't a huge bonus guy coming out of school so it is a big deal for someone like him but for teams the big deal is no service time when you are put on that there's no service time and the indians have already said too that uh, there was talk that Bo Taylor, just because of the situation at catcher before they went ahead and made the roster moves they made, that Taylor might be the only player that they put on their taxi squad just so there would be less players exposed if something did happen. 
the whole idea being, you know, the Marlins had the max taxi squad. So when half the roster got sick, their taxi squad got knocked out as well. Whereas if the Indians don't have that max squad filled, that's two bodies that could potentially be healthy if your team gets uh, ravaged with COVID at some point this year. So I hope that answered the question. Wanted to make sure I got to that at the end. Meant to do it at the beginning. Did get to it at the end. Long podcast. Sorry, everybody. I've been Jeff Ellis. You have been fantastic as always. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. And remember, go tribe. And uh, we have Lindor with one out in the eighth. That is where we will end it tonight.